0: With chopsticks. The truth about dictatorships. A podcast with Chin Li Wen and Marcel Chan. I want to talk to you about Peng Shui, the case of Peng Shui. You are uh, a, a feminist and an activist. F- Female feminist activism that sounds so negative. Actually,
1: first of all, no. First of all, why do you think feminist activist is negative?
0: I, I don't do think, think so. so. It is that that the term, uh, for example, when I see my Twitter bubble, the term is very very often used in a negative uh, connection.
1: Yeah, that's very so, telling, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. So people who don't like it, they refer to female activism.
1: Every feminist, every woman who wants to speak out their mind truly, they will get this. They they get it. They have to hide their thoughts. They have to pretend that they don't mind about lots of terrible things that they have to face every day, terrible shit they have to eat every day. Uh, otherwise, they would be accused of being a feminist activist and feminism, feminists. These words have been scandalized, vilified by the society. I mean, that's how patriarchy is. They hate us. Yeah. They don't want women to speak their mind. They hate women speaking their mind and demanding their right. And that's why they vilify this word. But I'm very proudly wearing this badge, to be very honest. I mean, I didn't do this until four years ago when China's Me Too movement started, and I realized that how many other women are feeling exactly the same, and how long this anger has been there, and wanting to find this way out. And there you see in Peng Shai's case, that even a world champion, a strong woman, so resourceful, so famous, would still be subject to coerced sex by a national leader in China and also be emotionally abused?
0: Well, there's, there's so much stuff in it. There's so much stuff in it. You know, first of all, just to, 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 to give people an idea. Uh, and as, as you know, I'm a former sports journalist. So according to my knowledge, Peng Shui is not a world champion. She is a, she is a professional tennis player. She was former number one in doubles competition. And she won in doubles twice a Grand Slam tournament, and one of them was Wimbledon, so the greatest tournament of them all, but never a world champion, just to, just to go strict to the protocol, no. But to be honest, I wasn't that surprised that a tennis professional had an affair with a vice premier, because Kang Schweizer is a role model and she's successful, she brings glory to the country. That gives her access to these elites in politics. If you represent the country this way, and on the other hand, Chinese officials actually compete with each other about about having having girlfriends and who has more and who is more pretty. So the constellation itself wasn't too surprising. What was your first impression?
1: You mentioned about the history, uh, about not history, but you mentioned about the common phenomenon of Chinese officials from the highest level in Zhongnanhai to the local level, and I have the same, even more knowledge about the corruption in this, the official circle in which they use women as trophy, as uh, trading objects for higher power, like in Lai Changxing's case. Lai chang used to be a very powerful businessman in Xiamen city. Uh, He was convicted of smuggling. Uh, He escaped to Canada in the 1990s or early 2000s. And then he later returned to China. And one of the specific showcases of his corrupting the Communist Party officials in Xiamen is that he has a building, specially built, for the entertainment of the local officials. For a period of time, Chinese officials were organized to visit this villa to learn how he corrupt these officials, giving them good food and everything, and pretty girls, as, you know, a kind of tribute, as a sacrifice to their pleasure. And that happened ever since Communist Party was founded, somehow gained momentum. That was in the 1930s already. That Communist Party was still fighting as a guerrilla army. But the leaders at that time, starting from Mao Zedong, whenever they see some women, there were young women who were running away from their families to join this revolution at that time. They were, many of them were like Jiang like Mao's later wife, the third wife, Uh, was a former actress from Shanghai. And then there were other college girls who also went to join the revolution in Yan'an, where the communist army was based. And they were also selected by the leaders at that time. And there were many stories I've read since I was a child, um, reading this memoir. They were openly published in the memoir of these officials or people who were close to the officials within China. Telling about the, like, for example, one general just spotted some young girl in Yan'an who actually came from Shanghai. And then he was quite into it, but but he's an old guy. So the girl didn't want to marry him. And then the party's, uh, how to say, organizational staff would go to this girl and persuade her. Per- to later, accept
0: persuasion is, uh, is an art, isn't it?
1: And and sometimes it can be really, really long persuasion process. And you can imagine what kind of resistance is possible. So ever since then, this was nothing strange. This was quite common. And so when Mao Zedong in 1950s also after he, you know, after the 1949 founding of PRC, he became, of course, engaged in another round of power struggle within the party. One of the entertainment he had at that time, simply to pacify himself, get himself some fun, because as a dictator, of course, you get very lonely lots of times. And so he organized regularly a dancing party for himself. And of course, other old Keju will join. And this kind of uh, dancing party has been recorded in numerous memoirs of different people who who, who participated in it. And all these girls, they were like maybe 18 years old and above, uh, between 18 to 20 or something like that, 20-something. I mean, many of them were happy to dance with Mao. And then afterwards, maybe they would just be led into the bedroom, which is a, according to the, to the memoir of Mao's private doctor, who published this book uh, in the 1990s, I think and um, all these sort of things these are just like common knowledge for us chinese we know that and girls cannot say no many girls maybe yeah look up to it yeah
0: Hmm. well peng shui uh to come back to her published a note on twitter oh, not on twitter but on weibo which is like twitter but just in china um Disclosing that she has an affair or had an affair with uh, former Vice Premier Zhang Gaoli. One of the most powerful people in China because he was also a member of the standing committee of the Politburo for five years till 2017. So this is really the inner circle of the party, of the Communist Party. And uh, she blamed him or she accused him of actually, um, she didn't use the word, I don't know, did she use the word raping in Chinese?
1: She used coerced forced which means that it forced me to have sex
0: okay so what happened then it took a few minutes and the post was gone but by screenshots of course it was very quickly it was circulating worldwide and well ever since uh well at least for more than two weeks peng Shui was gone she disappeared and nobody knew Apparently, nobody, I mean, some people knew. We didn't know, the rest of the world didn't know, where is she? And uh, then the tennis circuit, so the WTA tour, the World Tennis Association and stuff, started to ask questions. Her, her, um, her sportsmates uh, from all over the world started questioning, where is Peng Shui. Then some state-owned media published videos and photos that looked very staged and showed Peng Shui in apparently day-by-day activities, like attending a dinner, uh, like uh, visiting a tournament of uh, of youth players. Um, and this is the information we have right now. So basically, from the outer world, everybody says, no, guys, we don't believe you that uh, Peng Shui is, is, is just fine and she's... Uh, and we don't believe her apparent words saying i want some privacy she even withdraw or she even claimed that the that the claims of her being raped or coerced to sex are not true uh, so it looks very much like she's been forced to give this kind of account and we are at that point now so she is not freely available she is not she she appeared in a in a video conference with, uh, with the Olympic uh, International Olympic Committee uh, with President Thomas Bach. Uh, we don't know a lot of details about that chat. It took half an hour, but it was accompanied by a Chinese sports official. So she was not alone talking to anyone from the outside world. And uh, yeah, we have the Olympics coming up. Um, Peng Shui is not only because of that, but, but also because of the Olympics. She gets the attention. Uh, from from the outer world, and um, it's a it's a PR disaster for for Beijing right now.
1: It's not only for Beijing, also for IOC, right?
0: For IOC, anyway, they but they <laughs> run from one disaster to another, and they don't care. But that applies to the Chinese Communist Party as well. So it always comes it depends on your perspective, right? No, but that's very What's important
1: because because IOC is now also being bombarded, uh, being bombed by the. Um, by the angry uh, as athletes as well, because right now the International Women's Tennis Association's president has stand has stood a very firm um, ground, and he said that uh, unless they can confirm that Shai is free and safe, uh, they will pull women's tennis. Um, Match in the future from China, which is right, and that's a lot, of money. That, this is that's a lot very, of money. That's very a lot of money, and this is gut. Right. I mean, this is really gut and integrity like, really caring about right. their athletes. But I always seen that. I was
0: astonished by myself as well. Remember the NBA, the Basketball National Basketball yeah, exactly. Association. They immediately issued an apology. Oh, sorry! It was about about an official who from the Houston Rockets, a team, who issued um, a tweet in support of the Hong Kong pro democracy movement uh, on Twitter, and there was an outrage in the Chinese, uh, well, party sphere, and um, the NBA immediately issued uh, an apology and stuff, and and this is the first time actually that. Um, well at least, well definitely the first time in sports uh in the world of sports but also in a in a very high profile organization really well threatening i don't know if they really threat yeah they do threat they just say look guys if we don't get the information we want to we just withdraw our program from your country and it hurts us but it hurts china as well and uh more even with the reputation that China loses when they lose all the WTA tournaments, and it could be like a domino effect, right? I, I, is I would, this the I would,
1: first time? Well,
0: at least on that high profile, I wouldn't know anyone else who said so. I, yeah, yeah,
1: I think it is, right? You yeah, sometimes have companies, really, little companies, really
0: enterprises, you know, uh, uh, small, medium enterprises. Once in a while, you have a, you have a you have a bigger company saying we withdraw from China for that and that reason uh google or so whatever you know um but that is but this is another this is this is other circumstances but a company really saying we are not happy with the human rights situation in china and this is basically the meta the meta level of of the of the thing is not it's of course about peng shui but it's about the meta level that, that the wta says there is an athlete and we don't know about her you've t- you've taken her away uh, it's the first time on that whole pride profile that someone threats China this way, and I really wonder how they how they figure it out if that if that makes an impact on their on their way of decision taking, or do they just don't care?
1: I think this has been long accumulated anger towards Chinese government. I mean this is not just this case. I mean, before that, we already have concentration camp in Xinjiang slave labor from Xinjiang Uyghur people and then we have all these sort of international um, campaign launched or aggression launched by the wolf warrior from China and etc etc and NBA of course served as a very bad example press precedent in this case I mean there's one NBA member tweeted something and immediately the whole NBA had to apologize and it's a, so at a certain point, there will be someone who stand up and say, no, fuck it, we don't play your game. Like, we don't have to rely on you to survive, so let's do that. And so it's a combination of, I think, accumulated knowledge, anger, uh, as well as this, in my, in my eyes, rather sensible decision by the World uh, Women's uh, Tennis Association. I think they are much more rational than many other and associations. And guess what, what happened?
0: Even the German tennis, the, the term, the German Tennis Federation, then followed up and said, "I think." Well, the, the the president of the German Tennis Federation said, "I think we sustain the WTA take on it," which is like, "Oh, what a German guy says it? How is that?" I mean, imagine a German company saying that on that level. No way. We do
1: have some Germans who really, speak. I was surprised, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> I, I, I like that mm. approach because, well, you know, as I said, you know, of course, it's, it's about Peng, peng shuai, Um but Peng Shui is just one of I, I, what I recently heard in the last years, like 30,000 30, people been taken away, exactly. documented by the Chinese human rights defenders. The praxis of, of, of just locking people up somewhere and, and putting them into secret custody uh, is very, very common in China. It's, it's not, Peng Shui is not the first and, and she will not be the last. It's, it's good that she's so, uh, so prominent, that she's so renowned in the world because suddenly people, um, people start to, to ask questions and, and, and the whole criminal processes are exposed or are shed light on. And that's a good thing about it.
1: I think her letter was very touching, very moving, and that, combining with her fame and her face yeah young woman very bold very 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 courageous um
0: amazing courageous full
1: of life imagine
0: i mean she yeah, knew full of she's life. not she's not stupid and she 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 knew what happens right what would happen yeah
1: that's what i that's what i wanted to quote i mean in her letter she said i know i'm not a good woman because for a period of time after she was coerced into having a relationship with the guy he was she was also brainwashed by the guy by the vice premier and the vice premier was telling her like nothing matters you don't have to think about all these ethical stuffs and we all die in the universe and whatever you know all this brainwash uh, making her quite muddle-headed but then she also suffered from emotional abuse from the wife of the Premier who actually helped the husband to rape her in a way Um, in the first time when the husband kind of took her in and the, the wife of the Premier was outside sitting in the sitting room, knowing what was going to happen. And so she was completely confused by all this. And so she got into a bit of Stockholm Syndrome. So she saw that she actually, in the end, she has feeling for this guy. But when this guy got fed up with her, he simply cut her off completely, like just just throwed her away like rubbish. And she couldn't get any response from him. And the wife actually gave her rather cruel um, retort or kind of abusive words. And so when she wrote this, she was kind of destroyed already already mentally. And she said, I'm not a good woman. Both of us are not. We look like decent people, but we are uh, like corrupted within. But I want to say, I still want to tell the world this, even though I know I'm behaving like an egg smashing itself against a wall, or like a moth, flying towards the flame. And that she knew exactly what was happening. And imagine the kind of, the kind of emotions behind this. And I think this actually has made a lot of people like see a face, like see, when you talk, when you tell me about 2 million people locked up in Xinjiang, 2 million Uyghurs suffering, we don't have a face. And this is a vivid face of a woman who suffered from this unchallengeable, monopolized power and an inhumane system. And she just did it. And that's why this whole thing has has boiled up like this, and especially also before the Olympics. I mean, we all know that Olympics was held in Nazi Germany, but people somehow just don't pursue that topic. But it is so much resembling that situation at the moment.
0: Yeah, kind of true. Still, 100 years ago, or 80 years ago, I mean, just from the technical point, from the from the interconnection of the world, the situation was really different with with Berlin 1936, Olympics in, in Berlin, Nazi Deutschland. You know what I mean? It's it, it, different, it's still but different. it is
1: also similar. But th- there is something very similar, which is that the world divert their attention away from the crimes, from the threat of a rising terror despite the fact there were already people at that time calling for you know the world to notice that this is this is a dangerous country you should not fake not knowing it it's the same thing in this aspect of course there are many things that are different but there are many things that are very similar and that is why people Nowadays, very often refer to this parallel of examples.
0: No, no, I, I'm sure it, and, it, it's it's column. it's much yeah. more. Uh, uh, much more rational. Much more scary. Com- much more rational compared to Berlin <laughs> yeah. 1936 than to Tokyo 1964. Whatever, of course, this is the referring point. No, uh, the reference. No, no doubt about it. Um, I was talking to to Teng Biao the other day, uh, two days ago. I, I, I talked to him, and uh, Teng Biao is a German. You know him, but some of the listeners might not. He's uh, he's uh, well. He was a, a former human rights lawyer. Well, he was a lawyer, basically. And then he decided actually to pick up cases from uh, people in, in China, Tibetans, but also other people uh, who suffered from human rights violations. And uh, he ended up in this kind of jail as well. jail It's not jail, in this kind of detention uh, for 70 days.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And, and he told me, I asked him, I asked him, what is Peng Shui going through right now? Because we're talking always about her. But in this situation right now, what is she what what happens to her? And he says, like um, according to his experience, uh, he said it's, they they put an enormous pressure on you. They cut you off from every information from the outside, so you have no idea what's basically going on. They just feed you with information they think is useful for them. Because their aim is finally to make you really to surrender. But not like only surrender by signing a paper. Yes, this is on top, but they want you to be mentally down. They want you. To, they want to crack you. They want to. They want you to be to, to surrender because this is the best thing you feel you can do. You just you craving for surrender. This is what you want to do. He says they wouldn't give you a paper on day two of your detention, which says I confess that I told the untruth or that I was making things up. He said he wouldn't, um, they wouldn't do it this way. Because he argues that state security, their, their mind is like when someone after two days already confesses something with his uh, signature, he's kind of not really, well, you know, two weeks later he can change his mind again. And they argue their thinking is like we really push people to their mental limit for lots of weeks and when they sign and say i don't do it again they really don't do it again because they really they are really scared and you you mentioned the stockholm uh, syndrome which actually refers to the to the relation from a hostage to the to the hostage taker right so a trust a growing trust between the two is because the hostage is in fear and and uh, and the gangster the criminal is the one who gives the hostage kind of Security, safety. You'll be fine. Just do what I do, what I tell you, and you'll be fine. Normally, they would have and, uh, two persons
1: to play different roles. One is to bully you and abuse you, and and somehow uh, crush okay. you. Bad cop, yeah, good yeah. cop, right? And and the good cop will come and say it's okay, and da uh, da. As long as you do this and that, you know, you didn't know what you were doing. I know, you know, that guy is, you know, I was. As long as you follow my instruction, then everything will be fine. This right. is what they do. Yeah. It's very effective.
0: Yeah. In case, uh, Teng, Teng Biao uh, told me he, he doesn't believe she's physically tortured. He said she's too, too renowned worldwide. She, they wouldn't dare to, to, to beat her, but they just take, well, they deprive her from her freedom. They cut her off information and tell her, mm, you might be in trouble, you might be in trouble, and telling you that every day Um, that you might even face charges for tax evasion or something, you never know, or your family, maybe your brother or your mother or your dad or your aunt loses his job at this and this company, you don't really want that, or your children might not get access to, or your sisters or relatives don't get access to university. They have all these little means just mentioning it towards you and, and reminding you of your situation. And and finally, what they do is they give you the paper after how many weeks necessary. And the paper says, I just don't, I, I was wrong with what I did and I never say it again. And people sign it and they are back in freedom and they're just relieved to be free again. And the likelihood of them to to resume their, well, whatever activism or in Peng Shui's case, to repeat her accusations towards Zhang Gaoli Uh is very very low. Um, so this is a very sophisticated way of coercing people to do what you want them to do.
1: It's very this easy is a system, because right? I this mean, is not... especially especially a woman who has been already for a long time under spiritual psychological abuse. It's very easy for her to surrender. There are those who are experienced fighters like uh, Xu Zhiyong, the lawyer, also another human rights lawyer, Xu Zhiyong. Or Liu Xiaobo, who was the um, Nobel Peace Prize winner uh, who died in Chinese jail, which is the first case ever in Nobel Peace Prize history. Um, these are experienced fighters. They have been mentally prepared for this sort of torture. They know what would come, and they have stuck with with their uh, position. and And for these people, then there will be a lot of physical torture because, yeah. Yeah. you know, okay. you, yeah. you can't, like you can't tame yeah. them.
0: Okay. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. But if you are facing already a, a mentally half-broken kind of woman, then it's much easier to crack her. You don't need
0: that physical to torture, right? Yeah, right.
1: it's very easy. Also, you have to consider Chinese athletes, Chinese not only Chinese athletes, but also many of these, like, state-owned media, TV hosts, and etc. Many of these people, they were trained since childhood for the system. They were abused from the very beginning for, um, you know, they have to be 100% um, obedient inside the system. They had a long training course before this already. And the only reason we were asking ourselves, because of course we are also surprised as feminists, no one dare ever dare to reach to touch such a high-level officials. Not they, girls don't even dare to, to come up, come forward to tell stories about their. If if a local official, county-level official, they could they could just crush you like that. But there, there are two probably two reasons. One is that Tangshai is a worldly renowned athlete so she has this higher esteem self-esteem than other girls so she has also she has she's physically very strong so she's much more how to say um has much more fight in her
0: endurance also right
1: endurance and the second thing is that she has been also trained in in the u.s for some years so probably there was some kind of um a comparison of the two different systems, how it it's trained, that's what I get. Because so far, you see that uh, when people are exposed to different treatment, when they are treated with dignity, they get used to that. Then they, they no longer feel, I mean, they, even though they were growing, growing up in an environment um, that is quite abusive and very suppressive and highly authoritarian but the moment if they are when they are young they go abroad and then they could be treated with certain freedom like uh, like free people as a free person then that somehow would leave some imprint on them Uh, and Peng Shai was uh, lucky enough to have that for some years like he's not purely trained in this sort of fully close-up system in the communist athlete um, education. You know that, you know how suppressive those Chinese athlete training system can be. In the former Soviet Union, it was the same. Kids were sent to the training ground at the age of like five or something. You're an
0: asset for the state, yeah. right? You're this an is, asset is what for you are. State.
1: You are abused yeah. spiritually, maybe even physically, just to win the medal for the for the country and you learn to be obedient you would not have any independent thinking it's impossible i
0: would i would right i would i would uh, assume that in dicta- in dictatorships this kind of i mean we have that abuse in german sports or in, in sports in liberal democracy states as well but i think that the likelihood that this this strength and this this discipline and this uh well this uh embodiment of of an asset for the state is very very uh, distinctive in dictatorships because they have another strategy to display their their reputation worldwide right um uh, but, but what 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 do you think Will Peng Shuai ever play a professional tennis match again?
1: I think it's a very complicated thing. First of all, I think she will have to be shut in after the Olympic Games. At the moment, she will have to keep on performing, acting in front of the camera for the international society to shut up for IOC, International Olympic Committees, to use this as an excuse to keep on holding the Winter Olympics in Beijing this year. I think this is unavoidable. She will be around until the Winter Olympics stops. And after that, it's time to punish her. As to what level and in what way, it very much depends on um, the situation and interaction between her and the authority.
0: What, what what is on your mind? What do you think is like like okay? Not playing professional tennis anymore would be a punishment. Is it is it, is it a harsh punishment? I mean, she's thirty five. So let a me lot give of you some w-
1: examples. The worst case scenarios. There was a very famous uh, TV host in China that had an affair with xi Xilai who was the one of the competitors for the presidency with Xi Jinping, current president. And at that time, Bo Xilai was very powerful. And he had an affair with this TV, anchor, TV host, and his wife got so jealous that in the end, this person disappeared. Rumor had it that she was not only killed, but also like her body was sold somewhere. And you also have those um, some other actresses, famous actresses, who were sort of implicated in corruption cases with high-level officials. They, some of them, were jailed for many years, and then when they reappeared, they were basically like handicapped mentally. You cannot; they could not do anything anymore, and of course, they are not allowed to meet. Uh, any media to talk about their experiences, they were not allowed to enter any game. Okay, so, this is the
0: hard. Well, this is the hardest uh, punishment possible, right?
1: The hardest is that she, that one can disappear, which means you are erased, obliterated. But Peng Sha is so famous, maybe they would not dare to do that to her. But they could. What they could do is to keep her in a sort of jail, but not really in the jail. And somehow just house arrest, whatever it is, just set her in pure isolation and then mentally she would not be fit anymore afterwards. What happens with Zhang, with,
0: with Zhang Gaoli? Oh, who cares? I mean, he's like, I mean, all of them, you know, basically all of them, well, all of them, but, but I mean, very likely there will be a lot of officials doing the same things he's doing. So and he's now he's now the one blowing it Trust up. Trust me,
1: everybody's doing okay, it. OK,
0: everybody's doing it. So and he's the one blowing it up because he wasn't able to to keep his mistress mouth shut. How is that possible? You idiot. This is what the other guy says now. Yeah, so yeah, So what happens to him?
1: Oh, well, it depends, of course. I mean, if he because the political struggle in the high level um, officials in Zhonglanhai is always fierce. They were always he will always have enemies. And, of course, his enemies will use this as as a reason to to attack him. But since he's already retired, like, what can you do to him? You cannot jail this guy for this because it will set a bad role model for the other, you know, officials who would say, okay, this is not a big deal. Why do you jail this guy? but the enemies will definitely use this to attack him and so will sort of try to undermine his still current, still, uh, powerful connection with uh, current, um, how to say, standing committee members. And, but how does that matter to anyone? It doesn't matter because that simply means maybe Zhang Gaoli's family will lose a lot of interest in the future. They would not be able to gain power their offsprings his offsprings will not you know gain power maybe in the future or his family will have to let out some of the companies or shares or whatever uh, that they are possessing but that is all power the high level uh, trading of power chips and it has nothing to do with the whole system stability or international society's concern it's just one guy, you know, gonna lose some chips on his table.
0: So we don't need to worry about Zhang Gaoli. Oh, that really, really. To that. <laughs> why it, would we? Oh.
1: I mean, why would we? Anyone who climb up to this level, whatever it is, none of these person in this power level deserve any sympathy, in my opinion. It's a system that select in a different way.
0: I think it's a it's a very it's a very compelling it's a very compelling subject, and um, especially in the lead up to the Olympic Games. Um, it's really yeah, compelling to see what happens next and uh, yeah we'll see we have two months to go to the Olympics they start on February 4th so two and a half months something like that and I'm sure that we will hear in the next uh, 10 weeks we will hear more often the name Peng Shui, even in, uh, uh, in the Western world so thank you very much for today and uh, we catch up soon alright
1: Catch up soon. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Poking with chopsticks. The truth about dictatorships. Podcast with Qin Li Wen and Marcel Chan.